Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Welcome back to another episode of the Me Bros Podcast. I am your host, uh, Damon, uh, along with my two uh, awesome young brothers, uh, Jared Man 85 <laughs> and Jay DZ. Uh, what's going on, fellas? How, how, how we feeling today? Man? Feeling? Damon, Damon is consistently trying to make that as awkward as possible, but <laughs> he, he didn't say find your gentleman this time. But hey, man, we're you know? uh, I'm doing good, man. Basement's coming you together. Know? Um, it's, it's almost man cave ready for the NFL season. Right. Um, it's Wednesday night. So I'm gonna have this podcast out by tomorrow. So, but tomorrow, Thursday, uh, NFL preseason really gets kicked off. It started last week, but I mean, that was one game and it was like two days after training camp. This is where we actually start to see some players that maybe will have some impact on my fantasy team. So I'm feeling good right now. What about guys you, Jay Dizzy? Good guys who want to. You know, make the team. I love preseason, man. I love seeing the. I don't. Let me let me take the back. I don't love seeing drops and people messing up. But guys are nervous. You see some hilarious mistakes, and you're like, "That's funny." But yeah, he won't have a job tomorrow. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, by, by the way, one one thing from Hard Knock yesterday that had me sad. My boy Ronald <laughs> Ronald Ali. You remember D? You remember Ronald Ali from uh, Last Chance You? Yeah, uh, the Whitney Nichols State. Yeah, he was on the Raiders. And he got cut because he got injured at practice and then didn't show up to the uh, treatment the next day. It's the same thing he did in Mississippi. <laughs> yes, I'm like Ali, Ali, Ali. I'm Ollie. like you're on the Raiders. You can't, you can't. As Shannon Sharp said, you can't give him a reason to cut you. Like <laughs> here's the thing, John Gruden probably's a, a last chance you. He's, he's probably, he probably like, oh, lo- he probably loves yeah. that. He's like, I like that kid. And here's the other part. He probably is going to hire Miss Brittany for his, you know, probably front class personnel. And, 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 and it's a TV show. Hard Knocks is going. They probably would have kept you to the phone cut just because of ratings. That's right. And, and they have like, yeah. enough for our rent, Jerry. But, Jeremy, how you feeling, bro? You good? I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. Like Shannon Sharp said about it. He said Mar- um, his old coach, uh, Mike Shanahan, used to tell him, look, guys, it's my job to coach you. Don't cut yourself. One hundred percent. Don't cut yourself. First of all, before we get started, uh, want to say shout out to all the listeners. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As you do, like I said before last week, we are back every week, so we're excited for the NFL. We're excited to be giving you guys new content every week. Uh, we got we got some exciting, fun things lined up for you guys. So I'll be looking out for that. But uh, kind of piggybacking off of what you were talking about before, Jared. Um, one of the best uh, inspirational. Uh, videos I've seen in a long time. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you got to Google when Deion Sanders, uh, to me personally, uh, the the greatest athlete to walk the planet Earth. Uh, he had an amazing uh, video out where he was talking to, uh, what was it, the Jaguars? Yes. I think he came to, I think he came to holler at Jalen Ramsey, but it was a dope, dope conversation. Uh, it's a lot of gems in there, so maybe we, we might repost it on the page, but be looking out for that. So if you guys you know, have a, have a five-minute – a free time you want to be inspired make sure you check that out but anyway let's get into the shits um <laughs> nba i know we're kind of in the off season right now but uh the ncaa is back at it as they always are 
um, they just implemented a rule to where if you want to be an NBA agent and represent someone coming out of college, you are now required to have a bachelor's degree. Let's start with you, Jeremy. Uh, I'm going to let Jared get it off because, I mean, we all know this is the Rich Paul rule. Um, I think it's very discriminatory. Discriminatory. Um, just to kind of just, uh, I, I think it's bullshit. But anyway, Jamie, let's get your uh, side of this. And uh, do you agree or disagree? Okay. Yeah. So um, just to make sure, you know, it's, it's clear on the on the rule is it's really for um, people that are trying to test the, the waters and go back to, and, you know, have the option of still going back to college. Um, so like, for example, if it's Zion, who knows he's not coming out, he can sign with whoever he wants to, obviously. But that's what they're ruling is for um it's literally the most ridiculous rule i've ever seen in my life i think not only is it blatantly racist uh you know really from an institutional standpoint but also it's just plain stupid like oh you have to graduate college in order to be an agent that you already have to have training for like picture if you were going to sell a house and somebody said, well, you have to have a college degree in order to sell for us. Well, what if you got a real estate license? That's like it's, it's, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, these people have to be trained to be an agent. You can't just sign up and say, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm going to represent some, you know, top level college prospect coming out. And oh, let's keep this in mind. Also, this rule was only put in place. For college basketball, what 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 about college baseball players? Do these people not need to be uh, protected, or you know, college soccer or tennis players, whatever it is, because you know those are the guys that they're, they're looking out for the basketball players. Apparently, they're not looking out for the baseball players and stuff like that. So, what is this rule really saying? This rule is really saying, hey, we don't like the way that Rich Paul is taking, you know, a high school player who is about to go play college basketball and tell him, hey, you can go play overseas for a million dollars and skip this college process. This is him. This is them trying to stick it back to uh, LeBron for saying that the NCAA is straight up corrupt. Um, so I think this uh, this entire process is ridiculous. Um, I don't think it's, you know, a coincidence that they did it because it's what the NCAA is about. And I want to give props to LeBron. I, um, you know what? This week, this week was a good week for LeBron. I thought uh, he made some – you know, I think it was great that he stood up for Rich Paul for the program and, and stood about and, and spoke up about it. That's one thing I'll give credit to LeBron about. He's never been afraid to to speak out on issues that sometimes can come off as controversial. This one, I don't think it should be really controversial to anybody because I think everyone's ready to see it. But um, great friend to st- stand up for that. He's also, uh, you know, getting his team together a little early for this uh, NBA season, which is great. So LeBron had a, in my opinion, LeBron had a great week. The only thing I had an issue with LeBron about is his Taco Tuesday continuation. But yeah, man, overall, let man enjoy some tacos. Let, let, I, I don't oh, think. Oh God, I hate Taco Tuesday. I don't think that LeBron. <laughs> LeBron does some corny. LeBron does do some. He does some corny shit some, from time to time, like you know, joining the layup line of his son's basketball games. That's, that's all corny. But one thing I'll give him is LeBron's never been afraid of his platform and to really um, just speak about the things that he's passionate about. Just uh, things in society, culture, culture-wise, just everything. He's never been afraid to have those conversations, which I think is a lot of guys. Once it's they awesome. get to that that point, you know, they have a lot to protect, a lot of money, uh, endorsements, everything. So, um, LeBron and, and even care, and man. even so beyond that, that's one, that's one yeah. thing I'll give LeBron. You know, he he yeah, he, and even even beyond that, put thing other than being corny. Now, now it's it's, the, yeah, it's more he, important 
to do that than yeah. to than all the other stuff that we give them shit about, right? So yeah, and 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 to add on to that, and I'll let you go, Jared. To add on to that, even you know the credit of of putting a lot of your you know people that you know on, like Rich Paul. Um, although he probably was, he I'm positive he would still have been a success. Um, he wouldn't be in, in the position he's in right now without LeBron. Maverick Carter, people who not only did he say, hey, I'm going to help you to get opportunity, but picking people who he knew or he was confident in were going to take advantage of that opportunity and get something done with it. So um, I want to give him credit for that. I don't think this rule really affects Rich Paul. He's got an entire organization. He's got plenty of people to graduate college who they can put down as the person who is the and let's agent be, right, or let's whatever. Be honest. If LeBron probably at this point probably has stake in uh, – uh, undergraduate type of program, they could give him. A, I'm sure. Oh, LeBron Ohio State will give him a, a honorary, <laughs> LeBron probably has an honorary doctorate. Probably a few of them by now. I'm sure he can get Rich Paul honorary bachelor's degree. So, um, yeah. But the, the the one thing I'll say about it is, I think it's more going to affect the next Rich Paul, the next group of people who are trying to make it. Hey, I'm going to come up and I'm going to be an agent, and I might not be able to get. Because the thing about Rich Paul is, Rich Paul, if if you're not good enough to just straight up go in the NBA without testing the waters, you're probably not signing with Rich Paul anyway. So this is really going to hurt that guy who is maybe starting to try to make his his name known, um, getting in with some mid to to lower level NBA talent and trying to make a name for himself. That's that's the person that's going to hurt because Rich Paul is going to be fine regardless. Yeah. So Jerry, go ahead and uh, I know you enjoy that soliloquy from Jeremy and I talking. Yeah, about I mean it, it, it was good stuff, man. Um, yeah, I it's good when I don't have to dispute you guys. Um, you know, it's almost like being a proud teacher and and watching watching your student like ace the SATs or something. I mean, good job. Um, here here's what I will tell you. This doesn't hurt Rich Paul at all. Uh, one, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports have so many people that are on the staff that have bachelor degrees they're just gonna still put on a rich paul uh, under clutch sports and whoever has a bachelor degree will be the one that's on there and they'll be the one that goes to indianapolis to take the test that they have done it, it's not gonna affect rich paul but the hypocrisy of the ncaa is something that is very very flagrant and i think something that is clearly racist I think when you look at it and you look at not just the NCAA, but professional sports or organizations, Major League Baseball, you can go straight to, to majors without having to go to college. Um, you have NFL, you can't. And and partially, partially that has to do with the injury factor and the contact sport. Uh, but tennis, you can go straight out. Golf, if you wanted to, you can go straight out. There's, there's a lot of different sports where you can go. And if you're good enough, you don't need to go to college. You can – and in other professions – um, you know, Steve Jobs doesn't does not have a bachelor degree. Oh man, Mark Zuckerberg does not have a bachelor degree. Oh no, like what in technology or other, other things? Don't 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 live out Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates no no bachelor. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you look at all these people who who have been successful and far far more successful than anybody else that you can imagine in their fields, and these people don't have bachelor degrees, and them to try to throw this in there is the same way that. The NBA historically colluded with the NCAA in order to give them March Madness and enough prospects to keep that that NCAA tournament re- relevant. Um, I think when you looked at it, when kids were coming out of high school, they were like, "Oh yeah, this is affecting these kids." They had no no 
problems about the kids that are being affected. You know why? There's plenty of kids that go to school one year and come out early and still don't get drafted or in the exact same situation. And two, what they were really trying to protect was, hey, can we protect the Cavaliers against themselves so they don't draft Dazani Jop top five in the draft? Uh, so we can see them over a year and we can make better predictions. So this is something. Jerry, Jerry, we're not gonna throw. We're not gonna throw shade at Dazani Jop. Shout out to Johnny. Yeah, I mean, um, shout out. I, here's the thing. He got his money, man. That's, that's the way he should have done it. What I'm saying know, is sarcasm. Don't worry about I know. That. But when, when, <laughs> when, when you get your money, if you're Kwame Brown, you're like, oh, well, we didn't notice he was playing against 12 girls and he's in high school. Okay, cool. Well, he got his first round pick and he got his first round money. That's the way it's supposed to be. The market is supposed to dictate, one, how much money you're able to make, and two, if you can make it. And likewise, the market is supposed to dictate who is able to be an agent and for you to try to put in a stipulation that clearly is because of LeBron James and Rich Paul and their influence and two, what Rich Paul was able to do for uh, Basley, Darius Basley, uh, which, which I'm not sure if, if the listeners are, are familiar. Last year, Darius Basley was a, around the 15th best prospect in the country, according to most, most scouting sites. Uh, what LeBron and Rich Paul put together for him was a program where he could go do an internship for New Balance. He was going to make a million dollars for this internship. And then during that, that period of time, he would work for New Balance. And then he would also, uh, during that period of time, train. Train on his game, work on on uh, you know a lot of the on-court conditioning and things, and, as well as play basketball with some former professional players, for former NBA coaches, etc. Darius ended up going, I uh, believe, around pick 25 to the Denver Nuggets. And... He got his million dollars that he, you know, up front and he had a deal with New Balance after working with him and he was still able to go first round. And that was him as a 15th prospect in the country. And I think the NCAA saw that and said, oh, well, look, if if you're going to try to direct players away from our organization, our basically corrupt money pit that's designed to uh, take advantage of, of non-paid labor, then we're going to try to exclude you from from this organization. I think from an NCAA standpoint, I think it's very dangerous. I think there is going to become a time very, very soon where universities and organizations say, look, why do we need the NCAA? What are you providing for us? What service are you providing? You're supposedly uh, you know, trying to keep it from getting corrupt. But in reality, we're just paying you guys a ton of money to monitor something and then not do a good job at monitoring things. At the end of the day, I think the NCAA I – mean, this is off topic, but I'll, I'll, I'll put this in perspective. Jeremy, the Clemson has some secondary uh, football uh, violations that came out today from the NCAA. Do you want to know what one of them was? What? They had an improper use of confetti when a student came on a recruiting visit. <laughs> if, the, if, if we have an organization that is putting these rules into place, why? Jared, Jared, that confetti <laughs> could go anywhere. Could go anywhere. Yeah, Jared, it's an impermissible benefit. I mean, the guy might walk away with confetti and then he might sell it for a million dollars. I don't know. It's it's confetti. But, uh, Jared, let's, let's kind of let's get into like the, the – I don't even want to talk about it. Let's, let's, let's get into the next topic, though. Um, Zeke, as Damon playfully refers to as Zeke. Um, Jacina Anderson from ESPN reported that, uh, and, and I think she got this information from some of uh, Ezekiel Elliott's, uh, uh, some of his inner circle, that he told the Cowboys in January that if he doesn't have a deal this year, he's not playing any games this year. Um, literally and figuratively, he's not playing any games. Um, and ultimately, 
after that, February, uh, Stephen Jones came out and said that um, any kind of offer would start at Ty Gurley. But now he's saying that that has actually changed because now Le'Veon Bell has reset the market for where the running back should actually be paid. Um, and so it looks like they're they're pretty far apart. Jeremy, who do you think will blink, blink first and who do you think has all the leverage or most of the leverage? The leverage is clearly with the Dallas Cowboys um, for the most leverage. They still have Zeke in the contract for the next four years if they want. Um, Zeke is in a position that's not going to get paid. They're not going to trade him. Um, and I think out of all people, Jerry Jones is the most stubborn person who is going to stick with that, and he's not going to to come off of it. But I think the, the leverage could easily switch over and and really be placed on the shoulders of uh, of, of Zeke if he if a few things go right. First off, they have an easy schedule to start the season. Their first three games are the Redskins, the Giants, and the Dolphins. So, I mean, could they easily start three and zero without Zeke? Sure, but that also puts a lot of onus on them to start off three and zero. Because if you don't, you're going to go into a gauntlet. And I don't know if that's really what the Cowboys are prepared for. So, for one, if they lose one game, let's say they lose the first game of the season to the Redskins, it order, it automatically becomes a must-win against the Giants. You better get Zeke in there. And it's one of those things with Zeke. Can you just bring G- Zeke in and say, hey, you know what? You're coming back now. So, all right, cool. You're going to start next week. He's probably going to need a couple weeks to get going. So, um that side, obviously, if he, if they struggle. And here's the point nobody's brought up. I haven't heard it from anybody. What happens if Todd Gurley looks like Todd Gurley again? What happens if Todd Gurley goes for 200 in the first game and 150 in the second? Now, he's not going to do that in the second game because he's playing against the Saints, so we haven't given up a 100-yard rusher since, I want to say it was week 13 of 2017 season. But, Let's say it happened. Is all of a sudden that Todd Gurley contract not? Okay, that's still a good contract. It doesn't look like a bad contract anymore. So overall, I think what the leverage Zeke has is Todd Gurley got paid at the same age. Todd Gurley was 24. He had similar – I mean, Ezekiel actually had better numbers than Todd Gurley at that point. Um, And if Todd Gurley looks good at the beginning of the season, he's going to have that leverage back. And Le'Veon, even though they both have some off-the-field issues – and they can try to make that comparison. Le'Veon's three years older. Le'Veon had already missed a full season. And the market for a 27, about to be 28-year-old running back who has one more uh, marijuana possession or you know positive test for being suspended a year is not going to have the same value as ZQ Elliott. So um, overall, I think they're both going to hold foot fast. I think he's going to miss a game or two. Um, and I'm not upset about that because I hate the Cowboys, so I hope they lose all the games. <laughs> uh, so here, here's my my yeah, thought. Yeah, what, what you got, man? Sorry. So you're good. No, so here, here's my thought. So I think, obviously, as I said last week, I think Jerry Jones has the, the leverage right now. I think he's going to have the majority of leverage. But I do think the pendulum has swung back towards, as Damon says, Zeke's side. And I'm going to tell you why. One, Ezekiel Elliott told the Cowboys in January that he wasn't playing this year. 
uh, if he didn't have a new contract, which means that's probably a conversation he had further back than I thought. Hopefully he saved his money well, um, because although, he, you know, he's been he's outperformed his contract, being the fourth pick in a draft has certain slotted money. He's made you know, tens of millions of dollars at this point in his career. Hopefully he saved that money and that gives me more, um, I don't know, belief that possibly he was already preparing for this. Secondly, I don't know why everybody keeps, oh, Cowboys, they got an easy schedule to start this year. Yes, is it, is it easier? Yes. But we don't know how easy that schedule is going to be. As, as, much, as much as everybody thinks that's easy, the Redskins last year were two games up in the NFC East before Colt McCoy and Alex Smith both got hurt and Mark Sanchez came in and started being the starting quarterback. They literally were two games up on everybody in that division and strictly were because they were great at stopping the run and they had the ability to control the ball with running it. Adrian Peterson, I don't think he's in camp right now. He may be uh, coming back there. But Darius Geis, their second-round pick last year, is healthy. They should be able to run the ball. And even if it's Colt McCoy, Dwayne Haskins, they should be able to control the ball. That's not an easy game, and it's a division game. Week two, Giants, yeah, I feel pretty good about them winning that. Giants don't have a receiver. Week three, it's hit or miss. You catch Ryan Fitzpatrick on the wrong day, and you're going versus Dan Marino. Like, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, as much as everybody thinks, oh, this is easy, I remember telling Jeremy uh, before the first game of last season, I said, oh, y'all better be careful with the Buccaneers. And Jeremy said, I have absolutely zero – he said, I have zero uh, thoughts on them actually losing this game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Patrick has I, the game I, of his life. Yeah, he does. Well, here's the thing. I, I knew Drew Brees was, was going to be Drew Brees. And I think we went the first three and a half preseason games without anybody scoring a point. So I was like, oh, the defense is back. He's ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the first preseason game happens. And we want to give up forty nine points. Like it, it was, it was out of nowhere. So you know, Regular, yeah. I, I, yeah, and that's what, and that's what I said. When everybody, everybody that thinks, oh yeah, well, and here, here's the worst case scenario for for, for the uh, the Cowboys. Let's say they get Zeke done. Zeke is done, and I'm sorry, not Zeke. I'm sorry. Let's say they get Dak done on a contract before the season, because he's the one that really. If you're looking at who needs to be paid first, is Dak. Dak's made roughly. I think under two million over the last three years, um, because he's a fourth round pick. So uh, they've had a bargain; they need to pay Dak. But let's say you pay Dak thirty million a year, which I think is probably the number he's going to get. I think maybe a little over thirty, but let's say he gets thirty million a year. You need to make sure that investment looks like a wise investment. And the yep. worst thing is to pay Dak thirty, and then Dak comes out and Zeke's not there, and Dak looks like Dak did the first three games when Zeke was out two years ago. Now, uh, as much as as people forget, Dak did finish that year three and zero. The last you gotta, three, you got to be careful now. Now, I, I don't want I don't want you to come off like you think Dak can't get it done by himself. Well, here's Dak the thing: can get it done by himself. I, uh, no, he could. Can't. Dak get it done by himself? Dak he could get it done by himself. I like I like Dak, but Dak's like an average quarterback in the NFL. Like we, we went through it. No, he's Dak, not. Damon. We, we, the player, the players did the ranking, and there were fifteen in front of him. There's thirty-two teams, so best case scenario, he's sixteenth. Uh, and I don't think there was anybody on that list that anybody would argue with, um, with putting him over. Boris Scott said the other day, about, I think he he's he's about to have a, a breakout season. He had that, you know, great was it rookie season or was it sophomore season? That he, he had, had a great rookie yeah, season, rookie, bad rookie sophomore, season, and a good sophomore. last year. 
good, and I feel like this is going to be his year where he just kind of puts it all together for a quarter. Here's here's the here's yeah. the go ahead, Jeremy. I saw uh, Bart Scott said the other day, and I would somewhat agree with it. The Cowboys could not pay Z, uh, could not pay Dak and sign Teddy Bridgewater to a team friendly contract to be a better team. Well, here's here's the thing. This is when you realize how how crazy it is. You realize Teddy Bridgewater and Dak Prescott are the same age. Teddy's actually younger. <laughs> he said that on the show. He's not actually. Teddy was born uh, November of ninety two, and Dak was born like I think May or June of ninety three. But they're the same age. They're both twenty six. Um, and you throw in the fact, like I've seen that a lot. Like when somebody was telling me that uh, you know Baker Mayfield's the same age as Jared Goff. And it's just uh, Baker did five years of college and Jared Goff came out at 20. So it seems like, you know, there's these huge gaps in ages that really aren't. Like everybody tells me Baker Mayfield, oh, he's a rookie, but he's a year older than Mahomes and Deshaun because he spent three, five years in college and they both spent three. But with that being said, I think if you're looking at Zeke, Zeke doesn't have the leverage, but I think barring the Cowboys not getting out to a great start, and they could not get out to a great start, and still win games. I mean, that defense is legit enough where they could win a game 14 to 10 versus, you know, the Redskins, and still people would look at it and say, man, you overpaid for Dak if that's the case. So I think ultimately they need to make, go ahead and get this contract done because Zeke, is uh, he has outperformed his contract. I think this is the only, the only place that you don't get paid for what your performance is, is the NFL because they control – if you're a first-round pick like Zeke, that's they essentially control you for seven years. And if you're a great running back, how long are you usually good for? Maybe seven years. And so he saw what the Steelers tried to do to Le'Veon, and he's he's getting out in front of it, and I commend him for it. I do too. <clears throat> um, let's talk about your boy Jeremy real quick. Michael Thomas just got the back bag. The back bag yeah. bag. Uh so if you guys didn't know, uh he got five years, a hundred million dollar contract. His his holdout was successful. Uh, let's start with Jared this time, and we'll get we'll let Jeremy get it off, you know, uh, on the on the last take. So, Jared, what do you what do you feel about this? You think it's a good move for the Saints? Um, do you feel like I mean, obviously it was successful, and you know, but do you think other guys should try this the same tactics? Uh, let me know what you think, man. So, um, Michael Thomas got his twenty million dollars a year marker, which is what he was going for. Um, do I blame him? No. Do I think they overpaid for him? No, I think if you look at what Michael Thomas brings to the table, I don't think he's overpaid. Do I think it's going to affect their ability to be able to sign the rest of the players? Yes, I do. I think this is when you look at it from a team perspective. I think Michael Thomas. Jeremy shaking his head. Yeah, Jeremy shaking his head. Like here, Here's what, what bothers me more than anything is when you have a team and you have young players and you don't pay the people that you're supposed to. Right? I, I'm a Texans fan, obviously. The thing that irks me more than just about anything is the fact that we still have $42 million in cap space. And we have a left tackle that's out there, Trent Williams, who's made, what, six Pro Bowls? And we don't have an offensive line. Like, we got a left defensive end that needs to be paid. Well, here's the thing. Pay, we could pay Jadavion, and we could pay – we have $42 million in cap space. We have a young quarterback who's not being paid. And when you're not being paid, the, when the young people aren't being paid because they're still under the rookie contracts, that's when you get a chance to get aggressive. On the other hand, though, if you're the Saints and you have Drew Brees on a somewhat team-friendly, but a $25 million contract per year. and That's very team-friendly. Yes, but but the problem is, the same way the Cowboys are seeing this, there's a problem when you start to draft too well. 
you see this you don't see this as much in the NBA because the salary cap is a soft salary cap, which means you can pay above the salary cap and pay a luxury tax to keep the players who you drafted, who you had the bird rights to. NFL doesn't do that. So as you see with the Cowboys, they have Byron Jones, they have uh, Jalen Smith, they have Dak, they have Zeke, they have Amara, who they traded for, um, and they have Vander Esch, a few other guys that are going to come up soon. And to keep all of them, they're going to need top five money for each position, and there's just not enough pieces of the pie to go around. And I think the same thing's happening with the Saints. The Saints did a fantastic job of drafting young talent. Marshawn Lattimore turned into an all-pro immediately. Um, you got the offensive lineman, uh, Tyron, Tyron Armstead, you guys have just paid. Um, you got uh, – who's who's your guy, Jeremy? You talked about at, at guard. Andres Pete, who's – you're probably going to let go, but turned into a really yeah, good player. Who's the other we'll, we'll left tackle? Who's the right tackle got, uh, from Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, Ryan uh, Ramchick. He'll, Ryan, he'll, he'll he'll definitely get paid. He's, he got made all pro this year. Yeah, Ryan Ramchick made all pro, so he's clearly going to get paid. You got Alvin Kamara, who's a third round pick, who the the players voted as the best running back in the league. I disagree with, but he's top three, top five uh, running back. He'll get locked up next year. Yeah, I, I think you start to look at all the players that are going to need to get paid. You're going to have players that slip through the cracks. And as much as I think it was important for Michael Thomas to get $20 million, and I always support the players getting as much money as they can, I think this will end up costing them a player down the road. I think there's a there's a player who will not get locked up, who possibly could have gotten locked up had they had an extra $2 million a year uh, to, to pay them. Jared, I'm going go to go through a list of the players who were not going anywhere. Uh, Michael Thomas, obviously. Teron Armstead to the end of his contract, but we'll see. He's got to be able to stay healthy. He's the best left tackle in football when healthy. But um, I could very easily see us moving Ryan Ranchuk over to the left tackle at some point, drafting uh, another person to play right tackle and moving on from Armstead we'll take in the him. next two years <laughs> if he uh, if he can't stay healthy. Because he's I think he's missed at least six games the last three seasons. We'll take him in Charlotte so, as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I can see I can see us making a trade for him uh, if he if he can't stay healthy again this season. Um, so I can see Armstead may, maybe going. I mean, the, the Saints are the best team at developing um, lower level or lower end uh, draft picks into great offensive linemen. Uh, you had Zach Street who played right tackle for us for twelve years, drafted in the seventh round. Jermon Bushrod was drafted fourth round, ended up being an All Pro with us uh, before we let him go. Um, Teron Armstead was a third-round pick out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I mean, if you look at up and down our offensive line, we generally have done a really good job of developing people, and um, that's something that I think we'll be able to continue to do. So I don't know if outside of Ryan Rimcheck, anybody else on the offensive line is going to get paid. Uh, Alvin Kamara will get done, but it will be done probably on a team-friendly deal. Alvin Kamara is not going to get Zeke money, um, but I think he'll get Le'Veon Bellish money. Um Depends on how he looks this year, though. He could ball out and get even more. But he's a year before Zeke, so he's not even talking about getting money right now. Marshawn Lattimore will get locked up. Demario Davis, who is the most underrated linebacker in football, I'd call him a top five middle linebacker in football right now. Um, With, uh, let's see, Wagner, Deion Jones, Luke Keekley. That's a couple more. Uh, I'm not going to go through them all. Um, But, yeah, he's he's a great linebacker. Cam Jordan is already locked up. He signed a deal earlier this year, and he took a team-friendly deal, which is going to help us out. And eventually, Marcus Davenport will get locked up as well. Those are the untouchables. Everyone else, yeah, we'll see. Um, overall, hey, hey, Jeremy, Jeremy, 
here uh-huh. here's here's what you just did you said all right here are the bills that definitely need to be paid the mortgage the power the cable the internet rest of the bills we'll figure it out well guess what you're out of money now so you better figure the rest of it out you better look at hey what's gonna be on the grocery list what's gonna be because at the end of the day you know what's gonna be on the grocery list a draft pick <laughs> so here, here's here's where you guys better be good at you guys have been excellent at picking players the last few years um obviously this year you didn't have a first round pick because uh you, you drafted davenport last year and you were able to trade up to get him and he looks like he's gonna be a freak but you better be able to pick up high quality players in each round of the draft so that you have guys on rookie contracts because if not if you hit really really good on on draft picks and then slack off at all what you end up being is the Seahawks and you better take advantage of that small window that happens because Seahawks drafted Cam Chancellor in the sixth round or fifth round. They drafted uh, Sherman in the sixth. Uh, they drafted um, who's my guy who just uh, went to prison, who played for uh, the Saints, but got a penalty on every play uh, at corner. Uh, oh, Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner, you drafted late in the draft. Um, you, you got uh, you got all these – you hit on – that dude, he got a pass interference literally every play with the Saints. It was it was yeah, awful. He's literally the worst the worst cornerback I've ever seen in my life. It, it, um, but they they hit on you know Bobby Wagner. They hit on uh, a ton of guys. And then what ended up happening was Earl wanted to get paid, so he's flipping out the the, the coach. Richard wanted to get paid, so he's 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 holding out. You got uh, Wagner wanted to get paid. He ended up getting paid, but you end up having to start letting go of of your best players. And unfortunately, I think the Saints have been the best team in the NFL the last two years. And have walked away with no uh, no title to, to speak for it. They better capitalize on this moment because after this year, maybe next year, you're gonna have to pay everybody, and that team's not gonna be nearly as deep as they are right now. What I, what I'll say to that lastly, um, I completely agree with the Saints paying their their skills players, uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, um, the guys like that. I'll be 100% honest with you. The Saints have been, always been really good at drafting defensive ends. They've been really good at drafting defensive tackles, um, offensive linemen. The front the the front four and on, on each side or, you know, front five when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, and, in the trenches, they've been good. Except for that, uh, you, you, you didn't develop your guy from uh, – is it Akeem Hicks for the Bears? Yeah, Akeem – Akeem Hicks, for some reason, we were playing him as defensive defensive uh, end, and now he's an all pro. At <laughs> but uh, I'm not gonna say Saints' uh, uh, upbringing, you would call it. You just just yeah, well, but, but here, here's <laughs> Man, here's, here's a thing though. The position but, no, 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 but th- here's the thing though, and this is where I'll I'll tell you I'm not giving us any blame for that because we traded him to the Patriots and the Patriots couldn't develop him. If Bill Belichick couldn't do it, like maybe it just wasn't his time yet. So John Fox is uh, good on <laughs> Bill Belichick didn't put him in defensive tackle. So, um, but yeah, we, I mean, you go back to even looking at uh, Malcolm Jenkins was, was a great pickup for us or was a great pick for us, uh, even though he's a skills position, but Will Smith, we just need to keep drafting people from Ohio state up here, apparently because they always end up turning out well for us, but Will Smith, uh, you know, RIP, was a was a great draft pick at defensive end. Cam Jordan, twenty fifth pick overall, was great. Uh, I think Marcus Davenport is going to be really good. Our offensive linemen have all been really good. Sheldon Rankins, we've got a lot of um, a lot of good drafting on on the front. So I, I think uh, you know we'll continue to be able to do that. Apparently, Eric McCoy, our new center who we just drafted, 
Um, it's looking like a stud in practice. He's going to probably be the starter over Jacob Eason, who we brought in um, and paid him a good amount of money to replace him. So who knows? Jacob Eason might be on the trade block. Jared, we might give him give him to you guys for. Uh, is it Jacob Eason? Is it Jacob Eason? Is the one for the quarterback? Any? What's Eason's name from the play for the Vikings? Uh, I know you're, I know you're talking about Jacob Eason is the quarterback for the Washington Huskies, who will probably be a first round pick yeah. this year. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, um, like I said, I'm glad he got paid. I, I just hope for your benefit, you have money to pay everybody else. <laughs> All right, fellas, real quick before we stop, uh, I want to get you guys' opinion. Let's jump back into some NBA real fast. Um, the All NBA All Decade team in the NBA just dropped last week. Uh, where do you guys see? What what are your reaction to it? Let's start with you, Jimmy. Um, there are a few things that stood out to me. Blake Griffin being on the second team All NBA Decade team. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, why did you bring that up? I brought that up to you. But That's true. But you, you obviously suck. Um, <laughs> Russell Westbrook being on the second team All NBA Decade team. Y'all gonna stop hating on my boy uh, Blake Griffin. I saw him on Instagram not missing no jumpers the other day. Man. Yeah, you know what? That gym, what? What's that gym that everybody trained at? That nobody. J Cole was making thirty five foot threes in there. Yeah, apparently there's a magnet in the room because I saw Ben Simmons making jumpers in that gym, and I was like, wait a second. Yeah, why is, did... is Markel Fultz in yeah, here? Yeah, did you see Markel Fultz in that video this morning? Yeah, I saw yeah, Mar- Markel jumper starting to look starting to look nice. You know what's gonna look? That's gonna make Philly look so stupid if he ends up developing to a player that they that they thought he was gonna be when they drafted him. <laughs> yes. Uh, but overall, um, I've seen some criticisms of my boy Kobe. Uh, for one, uh, I'm not even gonna go into, you know, Max Kellerman. And his, uh, I'm, I, I want to keep my blood pressure down. So I'm not going to go into his uh, nonsense. I mean, just listening to him talk is like listening to a f- fourth grader who has never watched sports. But oh, he said Kobe should have been on the on the worst team of the decade, not on the third <laughs> team. It was, it was, yeah, it was a yeah, yeah, he's a knucklehead. Anyway, uh, oh, overall, I didn't have much much problem with it. Maybe putting D Wade over over James Harden. Um, I know James Harden's had better stats and has player probably played at a higher level over the entire course of the decade. But James Harden didn't come through to win anything. And D-Wade got two titles. So, um, you know, maybe that's my 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 only gripe. But, I mean, as far as the, the list, I thought it was pretty fair. I had, uh, think about this, man? I had three major issues with this list. Um, first and foremost... How's Clay Thompson with three titles not on the all-decade team above guys like Paul George? Like, I like Paul George. I've been a fan of Paul George for years. Uh, but there's no way Paul George should be on that team over to Clay Thompson, who's been an all-NBA defender and a multiple-time all-star and a three-time champion during that period of time. I mean, I secondly, James Harden. Love James Harden as a player. But are we counting playoffs? Like literally, has James Harden played? You said it. You said so, it like uh, I did say it like Jim, like more. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. Uh, I, I heard. Did we got playoffs? Uh, no. The uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, like he's always a lesser version of himself in the playoffs. And as much as I love his stats and he's been fantastic, I would definitely have him on an All Decade team because I don't think you can you could tell the story of the NBA for the past decade without James Harden. There's no way I put James Harden on this list. Uh, you know, over, over, and especially at a position like the two guard where first team, they really didn't go by positions. If you look at the first team, it was Steph, 
James Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, and KD. So it was really three small forwards or two and a, and a one. I'm, I mean, if we're going by that list, I mean, who's got titles that got the finals MVP? I'm putting Dirk on the dog on the team before I put him on there. Because Dirk got a title as the best player on his team and proved that over a period of time. How's Dirk not on the list? And then lastly, guys, that second team, like, huh? Carmelo? Blake? Car- Carmelo. Westbrook? Carmelo, though. Carmelo is the truth. I, I love Carmelo as a player. Carmelo's on this team over Dwayne Wade? Over Kobe? Well, when – like as, I'm not even a huge Kobe fan, guy, and clearly the end of Kobe's career was not was not the way he expected it. And I think part of that is the reason why I think LeBron waited as long as he wanted to wait last year before he came back from injury because I think he saw how much Kobe pushed to try to get that team in the playoffs, and he got him in the playoffs, but it cost him the last five years of his career, four years, whatever that was. Um, but Kobe during the last decade won a title and won a Finals MVP, and then. He finished top three in MVP, I think, three times. He was all NBA defense three times. He was all NBA four times. Like, how is he all, not all, all above? NBA first team four times? <laughs> all NBA first team four times. How is he not over Westbrook? I mean, God, like at the end of the day, man, I, I and I'm probably saying more like Jeremy because Jeremy always talks about how LeBron puts up empty stats, although I disagree. I'm not a fan of this, like, hey, let's just Look at what we can do right now to see how many stats we can put up. Is James Harden great? Yes, he's great. He's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite players to watch. And where I get a lot of my moves from that I do on dudes at LA Fitness. Oh. But with that being said. Don't blame that on You got to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The crimes, <laughs> the, crimes that, the crimes that I commit on people at LA Fitness, I shouldn't blame it on anybody. It's just on my quickness and my athletic ability. But with that being said, you got to. I think this list, the all-decade list, it's not baseball where, where so many things they're factor in. I, if you're going to give me that top 15 list, everybody on that list should have either won a title or been close to winning a title as one of the best players on the team. And Klay Thompson not being on there, Dirk not being on there, Tim Duncan not being on there, those are my three biggest omissions and my three biggest problems I got with the list. Jared, but Klay, Klay Thompson's made like one All-NBA team his whole career. And that's for one season. But oh, I think that's because of the fact that Clay Thompson has been the most underrated player. But if you're looking at in reality, if Clay Thompson, like, I, I think this is this is what started to happen with Clay. And I won't get on a long tangent, but James Harden, if you remember, James Harden, his last series with the Thunder was versus the Heat. And the Heat shut James Harden down. He averaged somewhere around eight points per game in the finals. And what did the Thunder say? They really started to think, and they said, all right, we have a chance to keep all four of the team, all four components of the gallery going to luxury cap, or we can choose between Serge Ibaka and James Harden, and they chose Serge Ibaka. So they offered James Harden not a max contract, which at the time was $62 million. They offered him $58 million. They said, hey, sacrifice the $4 million to be on this team. And James Harden said, I don't think you realize how much I've sacrificed. No, I want to trade. So they traded him away for $4 million, plus whatever the luxury tax. And James Harden immediately got to the Rockets and averaged 27 points a game. Clay Thompson, if Clay Thompson went to a different team, Clay Thompson is just is just as good as James Harden. Sure. No, I watched not. him. Clay can't I dribble. No, he's not. He can't. Here's dribble. the thing: James Harden can't play defense. He wouldn't be able to. It, it's no, but no. no. You know who Clay Thompson is? Clay Thompson is Harden's Reggie Miller. Offense is so much better than Clay Thompson's defense. No, no. Yeah. But here's the: 
Clay Thompson is Reggie Miller with defense. Yeah, I watched James yeah. Harden. No, he's not. They both don't have any handle. You compare Reggie Miller to Reggie had no Harden. Reggie, Reggie is my my third favorite basketball player of all but time. You, I have a Reggie you Miller could, jersey you could upstairs. Comparing apples and oranges, you can't no, compare Reggie Miller. Reggie to Miller could not dribble the ball. Harden. That's what I'm saying. So what do you, what, what are you but, saying? But what I'm telling you is he's Reggie he's Miller. Not. That's also he's Reggie Miller. That's an elite defender. Who, who did Reggie Miller play with his entire career? He played his best player. He played with may have been Jalen Rose. It was not a ton, but no, here's Mark the thing. Jackson was better than him. Mark Jackson? Are you kidding me? Mark, when Mark Jackson got there. Mark Jackson didn't get there until after. Like Mark Jackson was never an All Star on that team. I think Mark Jackson's a great he player. Passed the ball to Reggie. My point being, same with same with even if, even if it's Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson Clay cannot. He cannot dominate with the. Put ball this in perspective. Hand. I watched them. I watched when Steph Curry missed the series and James Harden and Clay Thompson went versus each other in the series. Clay Thompson dominated James Harden, and then they well, went J to the league. And Clay Thompson dominated yeah, James Harden. Yeah. I'm not but uh, first off, Drew, Drew League. You know who the MVP of the Drew League was a couple years ago when James Harden and Chris Paul and those were playing? Swaggy P. I don't want to hear that. Overall, I, I'm going to look at it and say, Clay Thompson was playing on a team that had a system that was getting him open looks. James Harden was playing on a team that James Harden was playing on a team where literally he just isos and goes, okay, I'm going to have to go against eight people because nobody else can do anything. Here's what I will consider the dagger statement. As I just said when we were talking about the all-decade team, I care about what you do in the biggest moments. When James Harden has a big moment, as a big moment in the game, do you trust James Harden to, to, to close it? No, I don't. Play. And if it's a big moment and Clay Thompson is anywhere near the ball, that ball's think, going in the basket. Clay's more, more probably yeah, he's clutch. more clutch. That's than, right. Than, 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 he's clearly than a so. Here, here's but what I'm still saying. taking Harden's overall. You you could you could make but, but, but Jared, 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 you're you're the same person. Clutch. You're the same person that says you take LeBron over Jordan. If you came down to a last shot, are you really taking LeBron taking the last shot over Jordan? Yes, I am. I, I Jared, would. You're not. The statistics, <laughs> the statistics prove it up. Your life on the line, dog. I would take LeBron James over Jordan. Here's no layups. Who you taking? Why? Why is no layups? I want the person to get the best shot they can get. At the end of the day, That's in their career, a beater. Jordan, That's Jordan for his career, Jordan for his career, is nine for twenty on game winners. LeBron's ten for twenty-one. That's a higher percentage. And when you look at the passes and the the the, the clutch stats, statistically, LeBron James has been better than Jordan in clutch situations. I just call it how I see it. But not even to get on Jordan. I think James Harden is a significantly below average defender. Klay Thompson, even though even though you say oh he can't dribble, even with him not being able to dribble, he's a top twenty offensive player in the league, he's not, he's and not, he's a top well, five defensive first, player. First off, James Harden's defense is completely overstated. James Harden is is probably an above average defender at this point. Nah, he, he led the league in steals this year. Jeremy, that's because nah. of the fact <laughs> that people poke the ball loose and he grabs it on fast break. Yeah. No. Because he's poking the ball loose. If you get James Harden's best defense is let you dribble by me and me try to reach it behind and poke the ball loose and then I go over. I'm not saying he's a good defender, but like we gotta stop with still is a still is yeah we gotta stop with the James Harden's a terrible defender. Are you guys telling me the gap between James Harden on offense and Clay Thompson on offense is is bigger than the gap between Clay Thompson on defense and James Harden on defense? Jared, put in perspective. James Harden's a better offensive player than LeBron James, and right now he plays better defense than LeBron. First, no, first off, he's he's not a better offensive player than LeBron James. Two, he's not a better I defender I would, than LeBron. I wouldn't say he's a better offensive player. Than LeBron. Because in reality, I would. But imagine he, if you put but... Jeremy. 
every person that's a primary ball handler in a Mike D'Antonio offense, their stats are inflated. And at the end of the day, if you put LeBron in the offense and say, hey, look, you're going to be have the ball in your hands nonstop all the time, LeBron would do well, like cramp. the playoffs. LeBron would cramp. <laughs> Jeremy, LeBron's led the league in, in, in minutes played the last three years. He wouldn't cramp. He would just essentially put up inflated numbers like James Harden does, as Jeremy Lin did, as stuff as – Chris Duhon looked like before Jeremy Lin got there as Steve Nash did. Sure, none, none of, those, none of those guys led the league in points and, and assists. <laughs> Russell Westbrook did, though. And now they're both on the Rockets. Full circle. <laughs> all right, fellas. That's all I got, man. I'm about to take it in. Your boy tired. But as always, we want to uh, shout out all the listeners for tuning in to us once again. Make sure you share us. Follow us on social media, Instagram. Our, hand, our, our handle is Amibros underscore podcast. Any final thoughts? Any last words for the peoples? Yeah, I got, I got a big one. Um, okay. Shout out to Centoria Brown, finally out of prison. Uh, Grant Clemency in uh, Tennessee. Uh, you guys, I'm sure you've seen the stories. And, and there's she's got a book that's coming out, and they're going to have a movie. Um, but – you know, 16 years old, victim of sex trafficking, killed the actual person who hired her as a prostitute, and they sentenced her to life in prison. Um, she spent 16 years, I think, currently in prison. She was released today on clemency after originally she was not supposed to be eligible for for, for parole for, I think, 59 years. So uh, congratulations there. Um, and then also uh, prayers to since the last podcast uh, shooting in El Paso, shooting in Dayton, uh, twenty nine lives taken uh, by senseless violence. Uh, I definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers uh, to the, the victims and families uh, of that tragedy as well. Yeah, um, I would you know second all the thoughts Jared just had on a lighter note. Uh, kind of throws off mine that Jared went before me, but I'm about to shoot something really low this weekend. So shout out to my golf game. <laughs> 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 and on that note, we out. <laughs>